Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer and I've been in business for the past 28 years. Today I'm going to dive in to my six behavioral rules of weight loss. Six behavioral rules. I'm going to do one for the next six days. So let's begin. First off, I want to state that energy in versus energy out is the only way we can lose weight. We have to create a calorie deficit if we're going to lose weight. It's really plain and simple. There are a couple of variables that do impact that. Impact is the key word, and that is um, different stages of aging for females. So menopause and hormonal changes, hormonal changes in general, and then different types of medications at any age can impact this. Keyword is impact, but this impact, I understand, can be impactful. So I don't want to be insensitive to anybody that has been really trying to cut calories and they are still still struggling and they're legitimately cutting calories. And I know there are a number of people in that camp that that's the case and uh, they're still not having success a lot of that time. A lot of that is due to different types of medications, hormonal medications and hormones. So I do understand that that's a factor. I also believe we can manipulate and continue to tweak and find a way through proper eating and through working with your doctor closely on that. Okay, so having said that, let's talk about what we absolutely can control and that is intake and output. And again, I'm just going to state again, energy in has to be less than energy out if we're going to lose weight. Energy for the body is considered calories, kilocalories to be exact, calories for short. And if we want to lose one pound, we have to create a deficit of 3,500 calories. Now, that's scientific fact. Of course, that doesn't mean at one time. That just means that that's the deficit we need, 3,500 calories of what we take in to burn one fat one pound of fat. So if we create a deficit of 500 calories a day, we're going to lose one pound a week because seven times five is 3,500. So now that you know a little bit of the science behind it, I'm going to get into the rules that help us achieve this. A lot of people understand this about calories. They really, really do. I think almost everybody understands this except for the people that, uh, still believe it's an individual macronutrient such as carbohydrates, protein, or fat that make the key difference, but it's really not, and I'll get into that in another rule, but today I'm going to start only with the first rule. Um, but it's hard to accomplish this calorie deficit. I understand that. It's hard. I mean, if you get one piece of pizza, that's 300 calories. If you buy and eat one piece of pizza, that's 300 calories, just one piece. That's pretty darn calorically dense for something that you can eat in anywhere from one to three to five minutes. So, you know, it, it's not easy to do. It's simple math, not easy to do. 
I'm writing another book, A Method to the Madness has been out almost six months, I guess, and it's doing well, and I really, really enjoy it, and I love writing. Those that know me know that, um, and those that don't, I just told you. So I really enjoy writing. It, it helps me uh, you know, get all of the things I bleed down on paper and, and all that. And the next one I'm writing is purely on weight loss alone because you know, everybody needs to hear it again and I think hear it in the version that I have, which is simplified. And even the people, if, if only the people that read it and get something out of it are the people in my immediate circle, then it is absolutely still very well worth it. So, because I do know there is a ton of weight loss books. Um, I talk about the caloric deficit and how to find that and how to track it. And, um, but mostly I go into detail on the six rules, which I'm getting ready to give you. But today, rule number one, because I'm going to keep these podcasts all fairly short. Rule number one is eat three meals per day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Not that there's anything magic about that. So these rules are how do we manipulate the system, so to say, the caloric equation, so to say, to help us get what we need out of it? How do we manipulate it? Well, one way that I found to be very successful, not only with myself, but with other clients, is to eat three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Here is why. If we're eating all day long, like was that was suggested basically, when would this be? This would be about late 1980s, early 1990s. You started hearing from quote experts, unquote, to eat five to six small meals per day versus three larger meals per day. And that all came from a little bit of science from what is called the thermic effect of food or the thermic effect of feeding. Now what this thermic effect of feeding is, is that we burn about 5% of our daily output by digesting meals. 5%. You know, that's nothing to sneeze at. It's not a lot, but it's nothing to sneeze at. So in other words, when we digest a meal, we burn some energy, some calories. That's a fact. Again, 5% is a fact. Now, some people, marketers, got a hold of that and said, well, then wait a minute. So if we're, let's say, taking in, you know, 1,800 calories a day, let's say 2,000 calories a day because that's kind of like what the RDA uses as the standard average diet, which I hate to break it to the RDA. Most people eat way more than that, but let's say that that's the case. So, you know, if you're bringing in 2,000 calories a day, and if you divide that among five meals versus three, the same amount of calories, that absolutely makes sense. You're taking in the same amount of calories, but you're eating two additional times, which means you have a little bit more energy burned from digesting the meal. Now, that's in a perfect world, right? And I think we know that the world is not perfect. It would, you would have to be tracking that down to the gram of food that you take in. You can almost imagine what happens or what happened when we told people that. Eat five to six small meals per day, they say. 19, late 80s, early 90s is when this started. So you would say, okay, so that's the case, which means that we are now on a downward trend of losing weight in this country. Well, we're clearly not. 
since all that data came out, we are even higher than we were, and I'm not blaming it on that. My point is that that is one of the many faulty things we told people to do, which is basically we're telling them to eat more. That's really what we told them when we said that. Because if you look at the average person's meal, um, diet I should say, um, all let's say five meals that they're eating, they're not eating five small meals a day, they're just eating five times a day. They're eating five meals a day. So when we looked at the data, people are actually consuming more calories than they did when they ate normally three times per day. Um, and that's the problem with the, the old eat five to six small meals per day. Again, if you absolutely broke it up and you, you took your lunch that you, let's say you typically have a sandwich and you ate uh, one half of that sandwich at 10 o'clock and then the other half at uh, 12.30, great, that's not what happens. Even if you overconsume marginally more by 100 calories, you're still gonna go over what you would have consumed if you just ate three times per day. The other reason why this doesn't work is because our eyes are always typically bigger than our stomachs, but we race very quickly through our food, and so we don't give our stomach time to say enough. So the more frequency we have with doing this, the more likely we are going to do this. If we ate slower, and basically took a little bit of a break after eating, you know, just kind of sat there, we probably realized that we're really not that hungry. But again, the more times we eat during the day, the more frequently we eat during the day, the less likely we're gonna be able to accomplish that because now we're taking in the majority of our calories early because we're eating really fast. And by the time we start slowing down, we've already over-consumed. So three meals a day works very well. I always say, or I often say, that if you really, really want to lose weight, you know, go back to our grandparents' time. When I say our, I'm a Generation X, I'm 56 years old, so I'm sure the boomers could say the same thing, and maybe, eh, not really the millennials, and I'm not down on or up on any different generation. I think, you know, that's silly stuff, but, I do know that at earlier times, the way my grandparents ate in that age group was we sat down, we had three meals a day, we snacked less, we did not eat when we drove, we did not drink when we drove, at least, you know what I mean, not driving around in our car with our Slurpees and our big gulps and all this kind of stuff or our Cokes or whatever we're doing, you know. Everything was more contained in eating time. It was around a breakfast, you'd sit down, you'd eat. It was around a lunch, you'd sit down, you'd eat. And you around a dinner table, you would sit down and eat your dinner. You know, if, if we went back to our grandparents' times, things would, I believe, get back to normal a little more with our eating. Um, I understand we can't put the genie back in the bottle. And I know I can't change culture, and I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to say, like, if you want to lose weight, maybe you go back to those earlier times and think about what we used to do. Um, so then you might say, well, what about two meals a day? Here's the problem. I, we don't want our blood sugar to drop too much because blood sugar, it's, it's not the biggest factor. I would say the biggest factor is appetite, and I'll get into that in a second. But dropped blood sugar, drop bean blood sugar, whether you're diabetic or not, is gonna make you feel hungry. The blood sugar starts to get a little bit low, you get the, the stomach pangs, and, and next thing you know, 
you want to eat. So we don't want that per se. We'd rather have the glucose levels staying a little more even. If we start to go too long in between meals, we're definitely gonna start to get some of the blood sugar drops. I mean, roughly, if you, if you think about it, it's gonna be around three to five hours when the blood sugar is gonna take a little bit of a dip if you haven't eaten, and then you're gonna be more likely to eat too much. The, the second reason is it's just appetite. Now, appetite is psychological. Hunger is physiological. And we often say we're hungry, we're really misspeaking. Basically, hardly anybody in the United States is hungry. Hungry is when you haven't eaten for days. I'm not saying there aren't some people going hungry in this country, that would be insane for me to say. I'm saying as a nation, this doesn't seem to be one of our issues. So we really don't face hunger in this country. And I, I'm not getting into you know this as a, a national thing. I'm really just trying to point out when people say they're hungry, that's physiological. And typically we're not, we're nowhere even close. Again, hunger is when you haven't eaten in a few days. Um, now, appetite is psychological. Appetite means we feel like eating. And appetite can be brought on by blood sugar. It can be brought on by stress. It can be brought on by boredom. It can be brought on by habit. So it's better to start nice positive habits such as breakfast, lunch, and dinner versus a habit of every time you think about it or every time you get a little bit stressed, you're going to eat a bag of pretzels or something like that. That's, you know, satisfying that appetite and potentially creating more weight gain. Now, the last thing on this, you know, people talk about intermittent fasting and I've spoken about this it's on an entire podcast about it. There's nothing wrong with it per se, but there's also nothing magical about it either. Personally, I'd rather see people do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, some people feel like, you know, if they kind of not eat until 10 or 11 o'clock and then stop their eating at, you know, 4 o'clock, which technically is intermittent fasting, they're going to eat less. If that's the case, great. I just don't know how sustainable that is. And, uh, you, you couldn't work, sure, but it's not working because of any physiological trick. It's working because you're tricking yourself into eating less. And if you're doing that, great. I mean, that's the whole point of my next book coming out is tricking yourself into creating a calorie deficit, which is what th this rule number one does. I just think that it's kind of hard to be sustainable because in our society, we get up, we eat breakfast, we eat lunch, we eat dinner. But um, so, and then. And then finally, what about the athletes that need to recharge? Like they're gonna have their recovery drinks after a workout or they're gonna have their carbohydrate snacks during endurance runs. Yes, absolutely. I'm not saying stick to your breakfast, lunch, and dinner only for them, but you, you know, remember this book is about weight loss. This particular podcast today is about weight loss. Typically, people training for events shouldn't be trying to lose weight, so this really isn't for them. And if, if you are that person or you're going to be that person, meaning you're trying to lose 10 or 20 pounds or more, and then you want to start doing some endurance events, then yeah, you, I believe you should model the breakfast, lunch, and dinner with a recovery shake after a workout or 
a carbohydrate snack during the workout. Absolutely, after you get down to the weight you wanna be. And I think with that, you can still stay in that nice habit of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and not fall off the wagon, which I think can happen because eating is a lot like alcohol and drugs. I mean, it has that addictive effect. And if we start to develop some bad habits of just eating when we want to again, then we might get back to where we were. But I do believe if you really condition yourself to say, no, this is for my recovery, I'm having a little protein or carbohydrate right after my workout for recovery and it's designed for this, or I'm having some during carbohydrates during my workout or just preceding my workout because it's designed for this, it's a little bit different. But anyway, that's for another subject at another time. This, is, this podcast is geared towards people who are really trying to lose weight and that is their top priority and it's not doing a 5k or a marathon it's their top priority is losing weight i absolutely believe in the breakfast lunch and dinner model all right tomorrow i will pick up on rule number two i'm not even going to say what it is you're going to have to tune in and find out breakfast lunch and dinner it's a biggie one last thing on that i would be uh, mad at myself if i failed to mention this number one behavior tactic that works delay gratification delay gratification it's so simple just simply say when you really you know you've been doing well and you think oh man I'll, you know I want to go have this uh, latte I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get this frappuccino or this latte you know which really are just pure junk food you're looking at three to four hundred calories just delay gratification don't say no nope, you know what I'm not doing that anymore don't say that to yourself say instead I'm just not going to do it right now I'm not going to eat anything till lunch and that's another reason why the three breakfast lunch and dinner work very well because you can say I'm just not going to do anything until breakfast I'm not going to eat anything after dinner I'm not eating again until breakfast in the morning I'm not going to eat until lunch I'm not going to do this whatever it is right now delay gratification works so well you know, if you know anybody that's in recovery from alcohol or drugs, they don't say, I'm never drinking again. Those are the folks that oftentimes very much struggle and, and go back and potentially relapse. Instead, the famous slogan, one day at a time. Um, it, it works great. You don't have to think outside of that day. Well, when you're really trying to lose weight, and again, it can be very, very hard. It's very challenging. It's very difficult. I understand. We don't want to say, I'm not going to ever do this again. We say, I'm not doing this now. I'm not going to eat until lunchtime. Then I'll make a decision. Guess what happens? You eat your lunch. You're no longer eating because of out of impulse. You're no longer eating out of compulsion. You're eating because it's lunchtime. And 99 times out of 100, you don't want to do that little binge or whatever you wanted to do. So it really, really works. And I really, really hope this helps you. And right now, I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They can be reached at thegildengroup.com or you can call them 386-451-2412. They're great models of fitness. They're hustlers. They will absolutely help you with all of your real estate needs. So give them a shout if you need them. Again, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden. 386-451-2412. Until next time, stay max fit and stay max well.